0: I I would like to welcome everyone to Dark Matter Podcast. This is our our second successful um, uh, live stream. I would like to introduce you to the indefatigable co-host of mine, Marguerite Hill. She is the uh, co-founder and executive director of Muslim Anti-Racism Collaborative. Um, They are a wonderful nonprofit organization. They do uh, anti-racism collaborative training. Um, please go and interact with uh, their social media, their Twitter, their their Facebook, everything. Their wonderful organization. Um, please support them, and also, you know, if you can dig into those pockets and and donate some money, please do that. Also, support us, support Fresh Pulp, Supre- um Fresh Pulp Magazine. I'm the editor in chief, Jay Austin Yoshino. Um, I um, we are a magazine that is dedicated to uh, uplifting marginalized voices, um, and. It, Fresh pulp and Muslim Ark are both sponsors of this podcast. This podcast, which by the way, is not intended to tell you what to like, uh, not intended to tell you what to enjoy. Simply intended to help you critically analyze uh, the media um, that you consume, um, particularly in science fiction, film, television, and books. So welcome, welcome everyone. Um, and so, should we jump into? Oh, oh, should we jump into the science roundup, or do we do we want to talk about Witcher for a second?
1: Clients round up, let's get grounded.
0: So I got like two articles that I wanted to talk about. And the first one is there's another company that is, that has begun producing meat. They're basically cloning meat, but they're producing meat, um, not from animals. They're using, they're producing meat from the cells of animals. And I wanted to lay that out there because, um, it is one of those things that has long-term environmental impact. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on it quickly
1: yeah i mean it's it's a little bit mixed right it's um uh i mean is that kosher you know so so i definitely want to talk with uh, some of my uh you know some of the folks of faith who who believe like how meat should be slaughtered and um you know is it halal um what is what is the type of energy costs right of producing things in a lab and, and so I think there's a lot of secondary costs, t- costs to, um, meat creation. <laughs> so it just seems, right. seems like a lot going on. Um, and, um, and like that focus for meat production seems to me a little bit misguided. Um, sure given the possible like energy costs of that, um, when, when there's a lot of other factors that are influencing the, like the environmental costs of food, food production. Right. Um, so I get like, of trying to reduce animal cruelty. Um, and, but it's, it's just, I have a lot of questions around the lab costs and energy costs. So it's, 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 um, yeah. And even just like, how do you get that, um, I mean, just like the body is just very complex. Right. And, and which it can involve like movement and, and the muscle memory. So I'm like, what type of things are they doing to get that, that good texture, you know, of a, of a, um, you know, like a, of a, not just filet mignon, but like, if you're thinking like a prime rib, you know, like what, what part of the meat are we talking about? Yes. The, the actual flavor, like, you know, and, and as a, as a, Omnivore, you know, like I'm an opportunistic eater. I have some <laughs> animals that I won't eat. Um, right, but it just seems like they're going to have to do do a lot to try to make that meat taste like, you know, like when you can cook something on the bone, um, which actually has a certain flavor or the amount of fat that's produced. And and so, so it's like, how do you take those stem cells and s- stimulate those cuts of meat right. that? actually taste you know like that that give it that that good flavor you know because it's it's the mixture of the the fat and the protein you know it, it's just a lot more complex yes. so i mean and if we're doing that like i mean are we going to start i mean i guess we should start cloning body parts and and fixing things you know like i don't know like it's just i do, I do and making sure people. that's accessible to, to poor people
0: <laughs> That's I do, just like, i do have other people thoughts on who that.
1: don't have the means
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I do have other thoughts on that. I mean, I, I, I agree with you and I'm going to make my com- comments on this one pretty brief, Um, but I do, I don't view it. I'm, I'm always skeptical when corporations, particularly large corporations, invest in and have developments like this because they, even though they sell it as, you know, we can eliminate the need for, for mass meat production and, and therefore we can reduce climate change because meat consumption does, is responsible for a huge amount of, Of global warming of climate change um of carbon emissions i should say but very frequently i mean if you look at like um like a lot of other technologies that have been implemented to abate climate change corporations have only ever used that to increase the amount that they can actually pollute and i think when you look at meat um consumption if you can consume it more ethically there's a long-term implication for that but also the other long-term benefits are also kind of a ways off, like it'll take a really long time before you get to a point where, um, where you are actually mitigating that. And also, you know, developing nations don't have access to that technology. And because of that, they have to continue to, to be polluters. I mean, we're, we aren't just driving our own carbon emissions. We're driving the carbon emissions of the developing world. So I think that, that, that even though it's an interesting development, I'm not particularly optimistic about it yet. So. So having said that, um, I would like to move on to the second story. There's two stories, but they're really just one story, which is, this an interesting story about how ticks, ticks may find human beings because of their static electricity that we emit. Um, and I find that interesting, but I wanted to mention that in terms of, of climate change, once again, because there is a, a woman in Japan who was recently, who recently died from the Oz uh, virus, which is a tick-borne illness. And I think one of the things that we tend to ignore when it comes to climate change isn't just the fact that we're going to be in perpetual spring or summer. People love that idea, but it's a deeply, deeply jarring idea. There's also like the Lone Star tick, which is spreading across the South in the United States, which has this, which carries this infection that if you get it, makes you allergic to meat, makes you allergic to to protein consumption. And so... What's happening is that as the temperatures, the average temperatures rise is the proliferation of ticks is increasing. So you're not going to just see sea levels rise and that sort of thing. You're going to see tick-borne illnesses increase like a, a thousandfold over the next 50 years. And I think that we need to be more aware of that. Thoughts?
1: Okay, now, now you really have added another thing that makes me not want to go outdoors. But I mean yeah, like this one it makes you allergic to red meat, which yeah, you I love, mean, thanks southwest, southwest, southwest western ticks. But I mean, yeah, there there's the the effects of climate change. Um it's yeah, like it's not just about the the heat, but the types of yeah, of um and you know, like whether it's it's fungus, you know, so that's what we got from The Last of Us, right? It was like the fungus growing because like that little percentage temperature change. It is, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of things. And also the climate change will be those waves of like going from like really hot to cold snaps that are just very dangerous, which we saw in Texas. So um, and just extreme weather. So, yeah, like it's it's impact and climate change is definitely going to impact those who are um poor the you know most of the cities that we have globally um they're they have slums you know and these are people that don't have like the basic necessities and high like hygiene so we're just going to see a lot of poor people really getting affected ignore that cat in the back no Jeez. worries
0: I, I have a lot going on back here too and i, I need to like I need to like get this media thing under control. So one of the other things that I found interesting really quickly, I just wanted to append a brief thought to that is ticks are a magnificent method through which zoonotic viruses can be transmitted to people. And people are ignoring that. Like you thought it was, was hard to get COVID or, or H1N, you know, N1 or whatever from pigs. Yeah. There's a level of mutation that has to occur for it to be transmitted from, from, from animal to, to human. But, The truth is that like ticks have been giving out Rocky, Rocky mountain spotted fever for like, you know, forever. And so I feel like you're also going to see an increase in that. You're going to see an increase in the transmission of zoonotic viruses through, you know, that that become tick born, like tick bites animal, tick bites human. I think it's going to accelerate because it's going to take less than just proximity. Now you're actually being bitten by the same animals and and even mosquito, mosquito proliferation will cause the same thing anyway. So that's my, those are my brief thoughts on it. Thank you for your thoughts on it. That's our science roundup. Um, and we are going on to Black Mirror, episode three, episode four. I got a lot to say about it. You know I do Mm because you got my notes. Um, but I want to give you an opportunity to, I want to, I want you to, I I guess I want to do the beats. All right. So we're going to talk about Beyond the Sea, right? The first episode of, of that we're going to review episode three, which is about two, astronauts who are on a a long-range deep space mission and they have android bodies at home that they can network into distant you know from from however far they are from earth and they can basically for the most part live their lives as themselves until the ship needs some kind of maintenance or needs to be repaired or something so this is starring aaron paul from uh from the i'm um, not the walking dead i was going to say from breaking bad and josh hartnett everybody knows who josh Hartnett is. They play the two astronauts. Um, uh, is it Kate Mara? Kate Mara plays the wife, um, mm-hmm. and basically they're they, they're in the ship, um, but at, you know they then they show them, you know, with their lives on Earth, and you know, uh, Aaron Paul lives in kind of a rural area. He's got like a little farm. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. Josh Hartnett lives more in like the suburbs slash city area and. You know, he's he plays kind of like the typical character that he plays, which is this sort of smooth and, you know, refined kind of, you know, Lothario type. But there's also this kind of, apparently this sort of social resistance to the idea of androids living as humans. And so one night while Josh Hartnett is is asleep, because they actually sleep, they, they live their whole lives as these androids, except when they're on the spaceship. So one night they're awakened, he's awakened by intruders, and these sort of, charles manson type cult people have broken into his house and they mutilate his android and kill his family so in a very gruesome way and he's his real consciousness and body are back on the ship so they experience this they see it he sees it and it just devastates him right i mean naturally his whole family is now gone but he's millions and millions of of miles away from earth he can't get back to earth so Aaron Paul, who, you know, sees, you know, he finds out about it from, from NASA, et cetera, from his wife. And basically after a while of Josh Hartnett kind of being a mess and letting his beard grow and he's on the spaceship and he, he has, in addition to, to, um to not having his family anymore, he now no longer has any outlet by which to grieve. He he doesn't, he can't be an android on earth and like grieve and like be out in the sun and like go to, a, you know, go to a funeral. He has to basically be in this giant floating prison while he's mourning his wife. So Aaron Paul feels sorry for him and lets says, Hey, tells his you know, asks his wife, consults with her. And they basically decided to let Josh Hartnett use his Android. So he logs in as Aaron Paul on earth, even though he's Josh Hartnett on the spaceship and basically, um, he starts to kind of come on to Aaron Paul's wife and Aaron Paul's like, wife is like, you know, Kate Mara. She's like, no, I- I'm married. And you know, you know, my husband was very generous with you and blah, 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 blah. He's an artist also, Josh Hartnett. So he's like painting a mural of their house and he uses that as kind of an excuse to basically, you know, be on earth and use Aaron Paul's body. And then, you know, kind of, you know, and and at first you kind of think that maybe Kate Mara is sort of receptive to it, but there's a shocker. She's like, no, I'm not into you at all. Like, I'm married. Anyway, the result is that, you know, basically initially aaron paul's like no it's no big deal like he's just you know sad lonely whatever but then as aaron paul's like you know what no i'm not gonna let you use my body anymore because you're being really weird with my wife and stuff and so you know josh hartnett is like hey can i go back to earth one last time to just say goodbye to your wife because she was really nice to me and really important to me whatever he's like sure so josh hartnett goes back and basically murders his whole family and i and i'm i'm that's a nervous laugh not a giddy laugh anyway and comes back, Aaron Paul is like, What did you do? Goes and logs into his body, showed, you know, goes to Earth, sees that his family is dead, and like flips out, comes back onto the ship, you know, like logs back out, and Josh Harthead is like, here, have a seat. And like that's where the story pretty much ended. So it it was a good story. Um I mean I ha- I had my issues with it, but do you have any comments that you'd like to offer
1: yeah, I mean, well, the, the, I know we're going to talk about like the kind of like throwing it back like to 1969, where somehow there's this technology to allow this to occur. And like you said, there's no other surveillance around this, like really expensive equipment, right? Like, I mean, can you imagine like having that type of technology where back then a computer like the, our, our cell phones would have taken up a couple of rooms back then in 1969. Right. So, um, You know, like that, the, it it was kind of difficult to imagine this being actually a 1969, as opposed to, like, I I thought it would have probably would have been a lot more believable in the timeline just to be like, that just people wanted to go back to that, like when they're like, make America great again, it was like before the civil rights movement, (laughs) Like that's like what they did, which would have been a much more realistic alternative, like, before the kind of cultural revolution in america but you still had maybe some elements that were trying to bring that back but um yeah i mean it's very difficult for me to imagine somebody going through that level of trauma but then still being like inflicting that same level of trauma i would have maybe been like okay maybe something a little bit more difficult or if they just had like a little bit better writing i think like just given like you know that that there probably would have been some regulations about who you let download into your thing. So they both would have been in trouble for that. But also the the character, um, the um and you have to remind me like the main character, the one from Breaking Bad. Like he wasn't very affectionate with his wife. Like, well, the machine right. one, like his wife was like, you know, like he, he wasn't very friendly with his wife and and it seems like I mean, I think there could be a lot that was read into it. It could be that he's just very awkward in his robot body. But the other one was like, hey, I'm doing the thing, you know, like I am, you know, like he, you saw like he had an affectionate relationship with his wife and then he went through this trauma, goes through through, through the depression and then opens up, has his experience, but he's also still abusive. So right. it just seemed very... um like I mean, they were both kind of unlikable men, you know, and in different and ways, just, yeah. Yeah, and it and it's and it's very um very sad that the little boy, you know, like that the children suffer for that, right? And even like Kate Mara, who who was like the long suffering wife and, and lonely, like I mean, so that that itself, um I think it was like I don't know, it was definitely written I am not saying it's like written for the male gaze but just like from that perspective and and that um but maybe that's just like a commentary on like how we view the world but sure it's it's still I mean it it left me feeling like okay so then what happens like one could say like I didn't do it like you actually did it you know like so maybe so, there is that you sit down
0: So one of the things <laughs> I want to ask you I I want I want uh, I want you to comment on because I, because one of the things I, I taught, I mentioned is, or I, I was thinking about was this idea of retrofuturism, which is a very popular, it's a very popular way of representing science fiction right now. And there are elements of it that I feel are, are lazy, like the absence of cell phones. Like it's like, Hey, if we, if we just use retrofuturism and go back to any time period we want, we can selectively choose technologies, but we can say, Hey, quantum tunneling exists where you can have an Android body, but cell phones don't do you know what I mean? Um, but my question to you is, and you touched upon this, but I want a, I want a, what I want from you is I want a soundbite. I want a soundbite. Um, I want to, I, I think that retrofuturism can be, and sometimes is used to erase the social progress that black and brown people and LGBTQ people have made in narratives. It's maybe not intentionally, but certainly it is used to that effect, or that's the result can you can you can you expand upon that a little bit
1: yeah, when retrofuturism, especially when it's done by white writers, white producers, they're imagining a very white past, a social order, so it is very make America great again with this cool technology. It is very dangerous in asserting that this is a natural order, given that if you had that technology. Would you still have all these oppressive systems it is a way to be exclusive still by bringing us back to still times where jim crow is still in full effect um where there is no integration where there's still redlining so it is a mad imag- it just keeps imagining the same social order but it's more intense
0: i i agree with that and i that's i i'm so glad you said that um because on top of that and again one of the one of the goals of of Fresh Pulp magazine is um, is getting people of of color and other marginalized communities to imagine a future but not just any future a plausible future Do you know what I mean in other words it's not so fantastical that it's something that would just never happen right so um so what i'm saying is that and and let me be clear about what retrofuturism is retrofuturism is basically um taking an imagined future from a pre- previous era and superimposing it on a future time, so you have things like quantum tunneling, but you also have sixty-six Rambler station wagons, right? So, um, so, but my issue, with, like you summed up the, the 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 diversity element and the the racial equity element very succinctly. What I want to add to it is from a, a, literary, a literary and sort of artistic perspective, which is. It's being overused because we are failing to imagine those futures. Like we've hit a wall. And if you look at most of the media today, like, um, the element of, um, like, like the show we talked about the dark and, and silo, right. Those shows have been done. Like that's an, it's a concept that was appearing in, in like the twilight zone back in the eighties and nineties. So in this instance, I'm saying we are still mining the past. To imagine a future. And what we have to start doing is we have to start imagining a future all on our own, without any help from golden era writers. Right. So, um, that's kind of my take on it. I also wanted to mention that this idea that especially given the social resistance, because if you, if if the thing that, that struck me, number one is the fact that, that there appears to be not only a fascination, but also kind of a bigotry towards androids, right. Which further erases the bigotry that probably people of color experienced at that time, because you didn't see any black people in that show. There were no black people in that show at all. Right. In that particular episode. And so they're taking the bigotry towards androids and they're using it as a surrogate for bigotry towards black and Brown people. Right. They're, they're, they're sort of transposing the two. And what that does is it, I think it dilutes a larger narrative. Like they could have made one of the people black. Right. And that way the point would have been, would could have been made. But Finally, on that point, why was there no security around the actual families, given the bigotry that they experience, the androids experience? It's like Charlie Manson, his weird hippies can just break into your house and kill your family, even though you're probably a military officer. And obviously you're on a very important mission.
1: Yeah, the. The technology that they had was so expensive i cannot imagine that there wouldn't be a detail around that um the other thing that i find that is kind of lazy about it and is that if you have that type of technology what else would be transformed and that's what's missing in that like i mean you could still have some of the the same aesthetics right um but it's like that there should be still elements like. Stream through that you know like threaded through the scenery or ways that people could communicate and understand and and it's just like well let's just throw this one thing in here and this one shift and everything else would still be the same that to me is um it's it just shows like kind of like the lack of imagination and it's it's some shortcuts and you know i mean and that's fine for what they're trying to do but it's like i mean for if somebody's trying to build a whole novel or a whole series where they just find that one thing that changes i think that is kind of lazy and given that this is supposed to be like a whole timeline universe that they have like people have been on youtube like to say like this is the time like this is its own universe i just find that's when it just really fell apart for me like because I was just like, you know, I don't quite believe that they could have just such sophisticated technology then in nineteen sixty nine to be out there in space and then all this, this stuff happening. Which yes could bring us into the next episode where I was just like, What? you know. So I mean it was good, but then there's another part where I was just like, Wait, where is I feel like this this season is about horror and so it's like trying to throw these horror elements so like the idea of like and maybe that's what they're trying to kind of combine a little bit of um of um you know like those like those horror movies where somebody breaks into your house but and it was kind of long in, in doing that or just like the the um you know like they i don't know i mean in, in those those movies are also overdone where people kind of kidnap your family or right. take over and you know like invade yes. your body, so it's like it was it was you know it was unique in the elements and and the acting and um you know like i i appreciated that they did have a really good cast of people that made that could actually take you into that story even though there yes. were those elements that weren't completely believable like the ship wasn't believable like they could just lay down there in the foam thing and
0: fall yes. asleep
1: and i just <laughs>
0: So, is that is that a good segue to episode two, or do we have Mm -hmm. more to say about this episode? Um, I I do
1: feel like the yeah I do have one
0: comment, which is, and you touched upon Mm -hmm. this, which is, I know that they write this, they write they write this way in order to build tension, but I feel like it's kind of tired. Which is like this sort of intractable average dude, you know? It's like this guy who is like Aaron Paul. He lives in a nice farm. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a kid but he doesn't engage with his wife he's he he knows what he knows he does what he does and it's like can we just have some trope where the guy actually does have a growth arc where he goes hey you know what i realize that i've been kind of a jackass to you all these years and maybe i will you know maybe i can do something where we read a book together and we talk about like i don't get people who take their loved ones for granted and take their lives for granted and that really kind of is what that episode was about for me, was that he mm-hmm. lost the thing that he valued most, even though he didn't really seem to really honor it in any way. I mean, my, my it's, it's a
1: good. I mean, and and I hope that more people kind of take that, you know, take that. Um, yeah, I mean, we do want to see more character arcs, right? Like, we want to see some character development and more that, nuance. I just don't think, yeah, like it, it just still seemed like she was still kind of like a possession. As opposed to, or just even if there was like a little bit more understanding, maybe he was still, you know, maybe he was like kind of a, um, you know, a prude and just feeling like, well, you know, if this uh, Android is touching my wife, that's not me, you know, like, and so it's just like, yeah, and I may feel myself, but it's like this, and maybe there's just like a discomfort or like, I'm not even knowing, you know, like how, like, it was just a lot, like so. I, I mean, and yeah. maybe I'm just going down the rabbit hole of the thing, yeah. but the, you know, because I was just like, okay, like, you know, because like the first guy, like the Josh Hartnett's character, he was filling up his wife. So then when they asked him, do you even do you even have a penis, um, you know? And so it's
0: like, and do he they really her.
1: have the parts?
0: Right. Yeah. Anatomically <laughs> correct. I, 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 I. Yeah. The last. The last thing I kind of want to say on that too is. And the reason I'm why I feel like him. that 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 emotional arc is a little unrealistic is he lives on a spaceship. His body is literally on a spaceship. That spaceship could crash, it could have, be punctured by micrometeoroids. Anything can happen. It, when you're in space, the chances of disaster are extremely high, right? Because you're living in you're in a tin can surrounded by a hostile environment. And you would think that that, that reality would make him more appreciative of the fact that he has a quantum connection to an android. That he would be like, you know what? I could die at any minute. Any minute I could, my body could die in space. Let me make love to my wife, go for a walk in the woods, play ball with my son, read a science fiction book with her. I thought it was weird that they didn't do that. That that like, I just think that there are so many places he could have gone with that. So,
1: so. Yeah, it was, it was definitely kind of weird. Yeah, so I have a lot so, of questions about that. <laughs>
0: we will explore those questions together. So Mm -hmm. the the next one is, is Maisie day. That's the name of the next, um, episode. And it stars, um, it stars, you know who, you know, Zazie beats my home girl. Right. Mm -hmm. I love this. I love to see her cast and stuff. Um, you know, there wasn't, I'm not going to lie to you. I I guess I'm going to give, I'm going to give the beats and we'll, and we'll, then we'll talk about it. So, um, Zazie Beats plays a basically a, a paparazzo, a paparazzo, paparazzo. I don't know if it's feminine, paparazzo. She plays a, 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 photographer who basically hounds celebrities, a paparazzo. And she basically decides to quit because she's like, this sucks, you know, and she decides to go work, start working as a, as a barista. And she has a roommate, which is really not relevant to the story, but except the fact that he occasionally demands money from her for a rent. And after like, I don't know, like a year or two or something, she decides to, she, she actually is just fine being a barista, but one of her friends who is still a paparazzo contacts her because there is um, this, uh, this one celebrity who, pop singer or whatever, who has disappeared, actress has disappeared and she's been in kind of seclusion. Um, and that particular celebrity was in seclusion, I think in Europe somewhere got really high one day decided to drive and ran over a dude and then she just vanished from the radar and so everybody's like wondering where she is so her friend has kind of a lead on her Uh, oh she runs over a guy and at night gets out of the car to go check on the guy and gets attacked i'm sorry that part was really important she gets attacked by a creature so but she just she disappears Daisy beats flashback to her her friend shows up and is like hey I have a lead on this, and somebody will pay $20,000 for a picture of her. Can you help me? And apparently, Daisy Beats is like really good at tracking people down. And so she gets a lead. She follows it. She finds out that the girl's at this particular place. She decides to try and follow... The The woman the woman appears to be... The actress appears to be taken in by some kind of cult, or like religious whatever. Like, can you help me? Whatever. And they like chain her to a bed in this like dungeon, or this room. And Daisy Beats is like, kind of gets a whiff of her being transported around with these cult members and decides to follow them They they find out that she's following them they pop her tires she calls her friend they got a motorcycle they go up to the house this house on this giant like preserve you know property and they break into the property they dig a hole under the fence they go in they break into the room where she's being held i know i'm stepping over a bunch of stuff but the story was really kind of paper thin for me and then they break into the room of you know two. she and Two of her paparazzo friends break into this room, and they find the celebrity, and she's chained to a bed. And they unchain her, and then the girl turns into a freaking werewolf and starts killing everybody. And Zazie beats and and her friend like she he kills one of the paparazzo instantly. They run out. The werewolf starts chasing them. They get to this diner that she had stopped at previously because I completely blew pie that sorry. While they're in the diner. I forget what happens, but there's a gun involved. Was there, like, a robbery or something? And then...
1: No, well, there was a cop, that, but he a just cop. wasn't Sorry. fast enough.
0: Yeah. Right. Sorry. I knew there was a gun involved, and I was like, this is how forgettable the episode is." Like, like, literally, <laughs> I, I watched the episode, and I was like, Zay-Z Beats. And then, like, I woke up, and it was, like, over. Anyway, and so, yeah, so there's a cop, and she runs into the diner, and she's like, oh, my God, you got to help us, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, the, you know, the werewolf comes into the diner, kills everybody, the cop is like, what the hell? Cop dies. And then Zazy Beats grabs the gun, because the cop is like has the gun out, but he drops it, and she shoots the werewolf, which was crazy. And then the werewolf turns back to celebrity and and then Zay Beats takes a picture of her. Right? It should be noted that when they found her in the little in the room where they were keeping her prisoner, or keeping her chained up, like the two other guys were just snapping photos click, click 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 over and over again and i was like what is wrong with these people but then i realized that was kind of the point so as this celebrity's dying on the ground after zazie beats shoots her zazie beats takes her camera out and starts taking pictures of her and i was like if you want to add something to those beats feel free to i know i stepped all over it but i didn't really like the story that much
1: uh yeah i mean i think i mean well one of the things that was kind of good as far as like how they framed it we didn't know what was wrong with the actress at first like you just thought like oh she just did this monstrous thing like it was a hit and run and you know she got out checked and then took off um which i mean we all know of hit and run stories and they're pretty horrific so it's like this actress seemed to be going through some psychological break um and so through much of the 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 show, like for much of that hour, we kind of didn't know what was wrong with her. We just thought, like, oh, right. she's getting some self help work by some guru. They clear out yes. this um upscale rehab clinic because she's like on drugs and stuff. And that's what they want to get, but really it's she's a werewolf. <laughs> so that right. was like that was the that was the Black Mirror twist. And Um, you know, there's no science to it, right? There's no science to the kind of, what is a werewolf? Like, why would she be this way or adding a certain spin on that? So, you know, that's why I was like a little bit like what's happening with the season of, um, you know, the season of Black Mirror, because I guess like they just had, you know, that was a supernatural element. Like there's nothing like, I don't know, like oh here's some type of rabid mutation and right. how they were shooting the film. It was like the film itself wasn't, it didn't reflect any of the the, the technolo- technological advances that we saw in nineteen. 19- like if you had that stuff of quantum stuff in nineteen sixty nine, what would you have in like the eighties, nineties? You know, like or wherever. I did when, want to remark on that. Time I, I wanted to.
0: Do... Sorry. I wanted to remark on the fact that that was a retrofuturistic um show, the lat, the one with ZZ Beats, because it took place like in the early 2000s, right? And so the technology was limited by that, but it, it was so near to the present that it was pointless almost. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I was like, "Why did they do that?" Like, "Okay, so she's driving a she's driving a a 2002 Cherokee." Like that's it. You know what I mean? Anyway, sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, like there, but but still, like if they were still in that that world where technology would change things, it was just like, no, this is just a world where where there's a werewolf, you know, like you can, you get it. So I felt it was a little bit out of that kind of logic, but um, you know, the the writers were trying to make some commentary, which kind of actually kind of reminds me, like speaking of paparazzi, right? Like you have Britney Spears whose life has been hounded by paparazzi and then but recently like she just went up to a basketball player like and his security guard like smacked her in the face and i'm just like whoa so that's just very relevant so black twitter all of twitter like gay twitter black twitter is united to be very upset about this offense against britney spears who is oh yeah
0: she's been through you know
1: like paparazzi did a lot of harm to her just like the media machine yes so it, it, just, it, it, it did in fact, kind of reflect that, that
0: the guardianship mm-hmm. that her father had over her for years was entirely enabled by the paparazzi culture. Like he would not oh. have been able to have taken conservatorship over her estate if the paparazzi hadn't painted her as this sort of unhinged, you know. And it's like every 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 chance that she she took to try and. I don't want to say exonerate herself, but to, to make herself look sane, they just inverted it and made her look even more crazy. And it's like, dude, just leave the girl alone. So yeah, I, I, I did want to say, by the way, as a horror fan, excuse me, because everybody mixes this up on television, silver bullets. Okay. If you don't have silver bullets, that gun is not going to be worth a damn to you. I don't care how many shots you fire that that werewolf is going to laugh at you second thing silver bullets is werewolves not vampires based on the 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 accepted currently accepted canon mythos silver bullets do not affect vampires at all silver does not affect vampires at all unless it's a cross silver bullets affect werewolves but guns do not so i was a little like i i know they needed the gun to end the story whatever but it, it Sort of speaks to how little thought I feel like was put into that particular episode. It was not my favorite, as you can tell um yeah I did I mean, they to,
1: didn't go but... into to the vampire lore at all, right, and given that I mean I know like with the vampire like the 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 werewolf lore, which which is pretty deep, right I mean, and it's like you know, and there's so much stigma right like like that that vampires are sexy because they drink blood, but um werewolves are are like. Monster like cannibals, like they eat the meat, and so, so there's that. But I just, I was looking for a little bit, I guess, a little bit more to the lore. Maybe there was something that kind of expanded that, you know, like especially, you know, just given just the amount of violence that we saw. But it's just like, yeah, she's just paparazzi,
0: and so. Yes. You know. So what do you? This is one of the things I want to ask though. Is okay. I did want to ask because we only have one more episode left of Black Mirror. I thought there were six; it's only five. Do we want to talk about the last one, or do we, we want to dedicate a whole episode next week to it? Because we've got fifteen well, minutes
1: all next next week for 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 that.
0: Um, I think you want it's, to give a whole week actually, to it. You want to give a whole episode? to I mean, to... we
1: can. But there's more that's coming out, so sure. we can actually okay. kind of just do, want to make sure.
0: Just want to make yeah, sure, yeah, like
1: what we look forward to. But I, I think that, um, you know. Yeah, like I don't I don't necessarily want to squeeze in what we okay. saw um in the sixth I, episode. And then we could kind of do a round out about Black Mirror as a whole, like some of the technology that, that we see there, um, which I think is kind of worthwhile. And we see a little bit of that. So, you know, and I I feel like it, that episode gives us a good rounding out and then we I can... will
0: say just to round out Maisie Day. Even though I said that the the roommate character was superfluous. <sighs> He, I, you know, I stand by that. There's nothing that's going to make me feel like that character was redeemable. He was just there to demand rent. um, And I feel like the social commentary outside the paparazzi culture was very lean. You know, you have a a black woman who is playing the lead in your episode. That is a prime opportunity to explore a lot of the intersections, and they did not take it. And I'm not saying that Black Mirror needs to... to explore issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion in every episode or even any, but I felt like it was an opportunity to, I feel like those types of, of explorations, when they're embedded in narratives, they, they tend to be more compelling and it was an opportunity to really have some deep writing. So that's kind of my verdict on Black Mirror, to be honest, on, on that episode, my, my, my final verdict.
1: Yeah. I feel like they tried to touch upon it with the food, but then that was a little bit kind of you know because he's like oh the you know your food smells rancid and and so there are certain things like where people say like whether it's like food or hair products or you know so he was like very white so like his food didn't have seasoning and he's cooking with seasoning and he's like oh this and you know but now I want the rent and that just limited to that like so if they could touch upon that why didn't they touch upon some of the other things and yeah there is there is a lot I mean and I also felt like they were they were like they killed like they showed like people when they did did um repugnant things that they deserve to die but then there's people in the diner that didn't there's like so like why do you kill certain people off right and 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 there's this satisfaction that that moviegoers are like when we're watching series that we have and watching people because they do something terrible we're okay with them dying and it's very right. you know and it's just very I guess we're very weird about that. Like I I would have just preferred like they're just annoying paparazzi, but not just like, yeah, you have the satisfaction of watching them die horrific deaths, especially when you just had this couple that were just there eating dinner, dying just as horrifically. It just kind of took it, took away from that.
0: I agree with that. I I had something I was going to say and I forgot what it was. I'm sorry. Um, so one of the things that I, because we're, we're coming up on time here, I think we're, we're trying to keep it around 50 something minutes. Um, and I, I, I apologize to folks if they feel like this was a little bit rushed, but we're trying to find our rhythm when it comes to time versus content. Um, but I also wanted to, because a lot of people are going to be watching this on YouTube and Facebook. So I want to take the opportunity to ask people to like, share, and subscribe because we are trying to monetize this. Also, feel free to Donate, there's a tip button on the Twitter account. Donate to um, Muslim Ark. Engage, ask questions, show up. Those things all help us. Um, I wanted to throw that out there before I forgot. I'm going to like put a little placard on here at some point with the graphics and say please subscribe, hit the subscribe button. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I mean, we really hit the retrofuturism thing. I could dip deep dive retrofuturism forever. I do want to say real quick, real quick, real quick, I'm sorry. There's one person that does retrofuturism really well, and that is a guy named Panos. I think his name is Panos Cosmatos. He's a Canadian-Italian director. Um, Is it Cosmatos? And his father, I believe George Cosmatos, was a famous director. He directed like Rambo, like back in the 80s. This guy is like he's made one movie called beyond the black rainbow. And he did one series of cabinet of curiosities, Guillermo del Toro's uh, anthology show. He does the retrofuturism thing really well. Um, and I suggest that people look up. They're wild beyond the black rainbow will break your brain. But the, um, the viewing, which is, which is what it's called in cabinet of curiosities is very cool. I would check that out. That guy's a very underrated director. I think, um, Having said that, I'm a big fan of retrofuturism aesthetic, but I think it needs to be more than aesthetic. I think it's an opportunity to investigate and explore diversity and equity, and I think that people should. So, do you have any final comments for us?
1: Um, yeah, just if you're writing, keep writing, keep watching, keep commenting. Um, imagine, you know, I mean I think it's great to ha- think about alternative timelines. And that is a really great thought exercise, but it's like, if you're gonna imagine alternative um, histories, be consistent. I mean, it is one of those most difficult things and, and you have to kind of be consistent of thinking about the sociological effects of that technology. And I think as you know, as a historian that looks at change over time, like that's the thing that kind of annoys me. But I think that it can really be very, it's a very good, exercise in thinking about our world today and helping us um imagine like just not accepting the world as it is because it could have been any type of way based on any type of intervention so it's like that type of butterfly effect can be like very profound and i think that's where we're both kind of both annoyed but we're really looking for some good work and some retro futurism Um, because that, and alternative history timelines, I think it's very important for us to have people of color lead that because a lot of times, like, they'll just go back to like, what if the Confederates had won? Right. You know, like, or what if this, or what if the Nazis had won? Like, we're just always limited to like, what if the white people had to still dominate even more? And right. that's really old. It's tired and played. So, hey, how about like we kind of like as people of color, we imagine our own I retro like futurism where that technology benefits us because then that'll allow us to actually seize the moments that we have now and opportunities to um, for collective change and upliftment, not only of our people, but all people.
0: I like that. I love that. All right. Cool. You know, I realize also that that next today is the eighth, so on Friday the first episode of season two of Foundation is released so we will have two episodes to to talk about the fourteenth so we will talk about the final episode of uh of Black mirror next week and we will talk about episode one of black mirror' or not black mirror foundation season two which I'm like I feel so fortunate because I didn't watch the first season until like two weeks ago. And so I'm like, I'm getting (laughs) like double the dose anyway. uh, Once again, this is Marguerite Hill. She is my co-host, my indefatigable co-host, which I'm going to use that word for a while. She is the executive director um, and co-founder of Muslim arc. Please go check out their work. Um, I am Jay Austin Yoshino. I am the editor in chief of fresh pulp magazine. Um, Please go check out our social media. We, um, we are also on threads now, which we will, That's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, And um, go check out our stuff and interact and engage with. Like, share, subscribe, donate. We love it. Anyway, thank you very much, Marguerite. Uh, I can't wait until next week. This was great.
1: You too. It's going to
0: be so exciting. Talk to you later. Everyone else, see you later. Goodbye.